We are so looking forward to Christmas Day, the day of the birth of the Christ child, because we are all needing some kind of Christmas miracle in our lives right about now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Positively Joy, a podcast on searching for the light all around us in all seasons of life. We look for God in the everyday and choose joy even in the hard times. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and I'd love for you to become a part of our online podcast family and join our Positively Joy community on Facebook. Visit PositivelyJoy.com for previous episodes and to check out our cool merch. And listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go for podcasts. We drop episodes Monday and Thursday. And if you like, leave us a rating and a review. It helps us show up for more people in the listings. So we thank you and on with the show. It's Christmas week. (laughs) I just... I just don't know if you hear the squeal of delight in my voice, but I'm so excited and I hope you are too. But you see, I've been looking forward to Christmas all season. I mean, back before Thanksgiving, I even said, I'm going to just go straight past Thanksgiving and go right to Christmas. Why? Well, 2020 has given me all the Christmas feels, and I need some baby Jesus in my life. And I think many of you feel the same way based on the social media of decking the halls I've seen in your homes that was taking place well before Turkey Day. We're looking everywhere, including the skies. And when the news appeared that a very unusual planetary alignment was happening this year it was just so perfect let's call it the christmas star and even google doodle is getting into the party it's observing the winter solstice which is the shortest day and longest night of the year and that happens today monday december 21st and what's also happening today is an alignment of Jupiter and Saturn. And according to to NASA, you know, this does happen from time to time. It has become known popularly as the Christmas star, where we see an especially vibrant planetary conjunction. They actually use the conjunction that's easily visible in the evening sky where the two bright planets, Jupiter and Saturn, come together culminating on the night of December 21st. Now, this is unusual because it's pretty rare for it to be as vibrant and bright as we're going to see it. It's so unusual that we haven't seen this happen in 800 years. I mean, that's pretty amazing. This won't happen again until March 15th, 2080, and then sometime after the year 2400. To be honest, I doubt that I will make it until 2080. In fact, let's be honest, I'm sure I will not. And um, none of us will be here after the year 2400. But this seems like a Christmas miracle and the kind of miracle that 
I think a lot of us are interested in in this year just because of all the things that are going on. But there's really no way that we can say that this is what the people of the early Bible saw. We really can't know if it was a conjunction of planets. But Jim Dennison of Dennison Ministries believes that this site that hasn't occurred in eight centuries is still a way for us to experience the power of the king. And I really thought this was interesting, again, as we are just holding on to the joy that we normally have in the Christmas season. But because of everything that's gone on this year, it's just so hard. It just seems to slip through our hands. But Denison reminds us that the Bible says that by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth. And that's from Colossians 1.16. But his concern is that it's not really how most people in our culture picture him today. We see him as a baby in a manger, a teacher, maybe a healer, even a man dying on a cross or rising from the grave. But we see him in this way more as creature than creator, Denison says. One of us rather than the king of us. And I really think that's an interesting way to think about the babe that we're going to be lauding and bowing to in just a few days. Jesus came to earth as man intentionally. And so, yes, we do sometimes think of him as one of us. Certainly the people of his day did. But he is our king. He is our savior. And he is here to give us joy and to help us hold on to the choice of joy that we can have in our lives. As I said, I think that we are so looking forward to Christmas Day, the day of the birth of the Christ child, because we are all needing some kind of Christmas miracle in our lives right about now. And the words Christmas and miracles seem to go together, don't they? Ever since the most incredible birth and the most unthinkable death occurred thousands of years ago, miracles surround the Christ child. We too want to reclaim the miracle in our lives, especially now. But I'm here to tell you that the miracle is yours for the taking. It's not some brass ring you need to win. Because he's already won, and so have we. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me, and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. Now, let me be clear. I know that a lot of people are having some serious, serious problems in their lives right now. Whether it is family members and friends who are sick with COVID, or whether it is like what's happening in my family, an elder person with Alzheimer's, and the family member that is just so amazingly caring for this person. Caregivers, I got to lift one up for you. It is hard 
your job is hard. I remember because my father had Alzheimer's and my sister was the caregiver and I remember those times and I remember just how incredibly difficult that was and it just seemed like you were all alone and there's nobody, nobody there with you. But he is, he is with us. He is with us in our lows and in our highs, in the valleys and in the mountains. And I'm not trying to be flippant, guys. I'm really not. But we have to choose to see this. And so the thought of the birth of the Christ child just fills me with such joy because I know what is to come. And I know that this story does not end with his birth or with his death or with any of that, that he will continue to be in our lives if we allow him, if we allow him to be in our lives. Such joy. Maybe that's why so many Christmas songs are filled with joy. Yeah, sure, maybe only two have, two or three maybe have the word joy in the title, but you can't deny those songs just swell with joy. By the way, fun fact, there are more than 20,000 songs about joy or with joy in the lyrics. So I think one of the reasons I'm filled with joy about the Christmas season is because we have an opportunity to make a real connection with Jesus the person. Not to say, like Denison, that we can only think of him as one of us and not the king of us, but we can make a personal connection with Jesus as he is born and as he lived on this earth for 33 years. Over the last couple of years, I have really tried to open myself to create a richer and deeper relationship with Christ. And there are two times of the year where we seem to be able to make an almost physical connection with Jesus the person. At Christmas when he is born and at Easter when he sacrifices everything just for us. The Christmas story holds a lot of clues for us to help us remember why this is so important and what it has in store for us. Earlier this, this season, Angel McCoy and I talked about Mary visiting her cousin Elizabeth. And when this happens, Mary is filled with such joy that she's overwhelmed and she feels the babe just jump inside her. And she proclaims what is called Mary's song, also referred to as the Magnificat. And if you've never really read this verse, it is, it is quite amazing. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. 
He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is so beautiful, and it just makes me remember the magnificence of of our God and why this season is so important because of how it started so many hundreds of years ago. I'm decorating my home for Christmas and I noticed something. So picture this, I'm putting up the tree and decorating with ornaments. And I open one of my boxes and I find my angel tree topper. She's beautiful. She's beautifully adorned in a brown dress that's fur trimmed. She has golden wings and she has brown skin. And I began to think about the angels in the birth story. So we're taking a turn here You know, we started talking about the Christmas miracle and how we all just want a taste of that and how maybe looking up in the night sky today will make us feel something. And then, of course, delving into his word and just reading the words that dripped off Mary's lips in the Magnificat, praising him, praising him, praising him for all that he has done for Israel and for her. And she calls herself a humble servant. So we kind of go from that to these creatures that I think not many of us really understand. The Bible Project, which I really love, and I had a conversation with one of the members of the Bible Project a couple of weeks ago. If you missed that episode, please go back and check it out. It has a video that talks about angels, cherubim, and the role that they play in heaven and with mankind. And I really began to notice this year how angels play such an important role in the birth stories. They're everywhere giving messages. They're telling people it's going to be okay, telling them what to do. God sends his angels down to prepare the way for the coming of his son. That has got to be important. And the fact that he uses angels to do this has got to be important. And I never really thought about that before. So I want to spend a few minutes discussing that today. And while I know that some people believe in angels and others do not, if you do believe the Bible, then you know that angels exist. They exist in the Bible. And they played an incredible role in the coming of Jesus Christ. And so I have to wonder and ponder about this message that they've sent. Matthew and Luke are the only Gospels that actually tell the story of Jesus' birth. The others go straight to John the Baptist. I'm not sure why, but we certainly know these two men are connected from when Mary uh, visited Elizabeth. And of course, they're cousins. In Matthew, we read about the generations in Jesus' genealogy. 
But then after that, then we learn about the foretelling of the birth. And each parent has such a special story. I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine how the story of the Christ child's birth can resonate with so many families out there. Here we have an honorable man and an honorable woman who are special in God's eye. But this special blessing that he bestows upon them is not looked upon by society as special. In fact, Mary would be outcast and Joseph would be made fun of. Now he has every opportunity to leave her, but angels appear to each of them. And they are believers and God-fearing and God-loving people, so they trust the message that the angels give to them. This is from Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Wow. And so once that happens, they know they have to leave. And leaving on a somewhat difficult journey, no family support, and going off to a far-off land in the middle of her pregnancy cannot have been their first choice. But here we are. Matthew skips to the Magi jumping over Jesus' birth to sometime later when the wise men eventually find him and present their gifts to him. I know that in the animated cartoons, many of the Christmas shows that we see show the wise men are actually there at the stables presenting gifts to the newborn baby, but that's not how it was. I have two nativity scenes in my house, and I try to move the wise men back some ways because I know they weren't there yet. And sometimes my husband likes to move them around the house. I'll notice that they're no longer even within the vicinity of the nativity scene. And then I'll notice that he's moved them around the corner or in another room. And he, and he tells me, don't forget, they're still on their way. And I laugh because it's true. It really takes Luke, the physician, to go into more detail about the messenger to Mary and about the birth. It's interesting that Matthew deals with the angel message to Joseph and Luke deals with the angel message to Mary. So in Luke, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So powerful. So powerful. I've heard many depictions of the journey and the ultimate birth in Bethlehem. I've heard some scholars say that they had to go to an inn because nobody in their family would take them. Again, you know, she being outcast. And then when the inn was full, uh, they were stuck with the stables. Again from Luke. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. When they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And the angel of the Lord wasn't done yet. He appeared to Joseph again, warning him to leave Bethlehem and escape the wrath of Herod. Joseph did what he was told and took his family to Egypt, where they stayed until Herod died. You know, it may be hard to find any joy in this story, but look at what God did to save Joseph, Mary, and little Jesus. Just look. God found Mary who despite all odds accepted her future. God found Joseph, who despite all odds did the right thing. God found the shepherds, who despite all odds listened to the angels. God found the magi through the star, who despite all odds defied King Herod. And if we let him, he will find us too. As these days unfold, Christmas week, all the way till Christmas Eve and the day that the baby was born. Remember everything that God put in place to bring his son into the world and to establish and reestablish that relationship with people that God has always wanted to have with us, even from the garden, when we frankly messed everything up. I love Christmas. It's really not about the presents and it's not about the decorations, although I love those too. But at the end of the year, we have the opportunity to revel in the joy of the birth of the Christ child. And we have the opportunity to choose the joy in that. And finally, we have the opportunity to open ourselves and ask God to come find us like he did all those people in the in the nativity story that's the joy and i ask you i encourage you to focus on that this season you've been listening to positively joy i'm your host yvette walker and thank you so much for spending some time with us come on over to our website PositivelyJoy.com. You can listen to past episodes. You can download a free teachable called Five Ways to Choose Joy. See our merchandise, cool t-shirts with our new logo. We've got a lot going on at PositivelyJoy.com. So we hope to see you there. Farewell for now.